What an interesting earnings season. So far, the stocks have given us okay earnings. Maybe not some so great guidance, like Microsoft, which is now 20 bucks higher than it was off its earnings report. And now the three big guns come in, and they don't give us good news. The market's holding up. Will these three stocks, Apple, Microsoft, or Apple, Google, and Amazon, do the same thing as Microsoft and take us through 4,200 and beyond? Or is the jobs number going to upset the Apple cart? We'll find out at, uh, at 8.30. We could throw in Ford, Starbucks earnings as well. Uh, we're going to cover it all here on pre-market prep. Mark Shaking at 8.15, weighing in with his opinion on the markets. We got to get going. We got a busy day. Crank it up, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. What do we have? We have the S&Ps down 21 and a half handles at 41.70. 18 handles off the low, and that's a good number down there, folks. Interday low from yesterday, your 9.30 to 4.15 low. Right there at 53 and a quarter. Weak hits 52.75. There is no downside in the market. Nothing guaranteed until we take out that level. Clawing our way back up to the uh, pre, uh, pre-market high, 77.95, but everyone's looking at the mark. Looking at the mark in Amazon, uh, Apple, and Google. Uh, the mark there for the S&P is 91.50, still 11 handles to go. Buck a little bit weak, down 16 cents at 101.41. Uh, bonds up just a few ticks, trying to clear 132. Uh, crude, quiet, up 21 cents is 76.09. Gold, gold pulled back. That was a red bar yesterday. Down a buck fifty at nineteen twenty nine thirty. Silver down just a few pennies, twenty three fifty five. And Bitcoin down uh, three forty twenty three thousand six hundred and sixty five. Dennis, you have three of the top components, three of the four top components in the S and P coming out, not giving great earnings reports. We're down twenty handles. Man, they hold on. I, it's just. What what can you say? Hold the line. That's Said pretty much what it is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's exactly what it is. The bulls are holding Hold. the line. It's impressive. It's one of the most impressive markets I've ever seen because these were not good reports. Again, this entire earnings season, let's just sum it up because we're getting through half of it now. We've seen the banks. Okay. There's been a few, you know, some of the drugs were reporting. Okay. But they hit those anyways because they're defensive. But, I mean, Ford yesterday, we're getting to that one. Not good. Phil LeBeau on CNBC said the quarter was a disaster, was his words. Um, And then let's go Apple, Amazon, and Google. They all miss. And Apple's first miss in six years. And the stock is down two bucks. I mean, it's not even giving back what it gained yesterday. The relentlessness of this buy-the-dip crowd is so impressive. They're ready. The Bulls are ready today. You see them. They got the armor up. We'll see if they're able to defend today. Let's get to the stock. Real first quick, Mitch, we did uh, on the late show, we did pull up the earnings calendar for yeah. uh, for, for Apple. It's yeah. just so impressive. You know, the earnings beats and uh, and uh, here it's uh, a, a little bit of a change. But you know what? Mm-hmm. You got to see what's in front of you. But go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead with uh, go ahead with the earnings reports. All right, we're going to do Apple first. Let's get to Apple. I got a lot on this one. Let's talk about it. Uh, Q1 EPS, $1.88, missing the $1.94 estimate. Sales of $117.15 billion, missed the $121.10 billion estimate. Apple Q1 23 iPhone sales were at $65.77 billion. Apple said that iPhone sales had declined over 8% year over year. And then when you look at their 
kind of sales, right? They give you it in different areas. They give you North America, Europe, greater China. Each one missed year over year. I think this is definitely important to see there. They missed big there. Tim Cook also saying that Apple production now back to where we want it to be, says Apple's production disruption at Chinese manufacturing sites lasted through most of December. Um, they also stated that uh, Apple hasn't provided guidance, of course, right? And I think that there were some other comments that were very important from the chief financial officer, Luca uh, Maestri. He said that for Mac and iPad, iPad, we expect revenue for both product categories to decline double digits year over year because of challenging comparables and macroeconomic headwinds. I think another thing that's very important that I caught for you guys that I think is, is something important, right? We've been looking at margins, right? Focusing on margins. So their gross margins are expected to be 43.5%. Before the pandemic, this was at 38.4%. It seems like cost structure seems to be the focus with these bigger companies. Yeah. So the only thing that I have to ask, though, about that is we are seeing them focus on cost structure. So that's a good move there. But where is the growth for such high future earnings appreciation? It's not there. The growth is not there. there but the market is banking that it's coming back, that this is just a little downtick. Now that we've officially beaten inflation and Powell said disinflation, which is not deflation. He didn't say deflation. He said disinflation, a big difference. Deflation is when prices are going down. Disinflation is just prices aren't going up as quickly, but they're still going up. So I just want to clarify that because I think a lot of people in the market are very confused on that. Um, the Apple report was not good. The Amazon, I mean, we can we don't have to go into all the details of them all, but the Amazon report was not great either. And the Google report was not great either. I still own Amazon. I still own Google in the long-term portfolio, although I own less of Google because I actually sold some before the print. Um, it's tough. It's tough to be a bear right now because I've never seen... If, if normalized markets and normal markets, and I tweeted this out last night, in normal markets, these stocks would all be down 5 to 10% at least on these reports. But this is not normal markets right now. We have FOMO running rampant, which means, oh my goodness, I got to dip. I got to go get that money to work because I have too much cash. I got to get in there. I got to get in there. But I got to just stop and take a breath. Do I want to pay 24 times earnings for Apple? When the earnings, it's not even about growing. They actually declined. I mean, the growth rate on Amazon was not good. You want to be paying 40 times earnings for Amazon right now? When the growth rate is slowing or even potentially declining, I mean, it just doesn't make a logical sense to me. But you cannot argue as a trader here, you're buying the dip because that is just what is working. As a long-term investor, I take off the trading cap, put on the CFA cap. I'm like, no, thank you. So, I mean, you can wear two caps. It's okay. I invest on fundamentals. I trade on momentum. And right now, the momentum is completely with the bulls. It would not surprise me if all these stocks go green because there's just too many money managers that are underinvested, that are missing the performance. And they're like, oh, my goodness, my peers are outperforming me. And this is what really drives it. People, it's not retail driving it. Retail is 26% of the market. It's more than it used to be. It used to be 12. So it is still big. But it's institutional money that drives it. That institutional money, if you're underperforming your peers, you get fired. You have to keep that in mind. So there is real fear from institutional money managers that were banking on a recession that they could lose their jobs. So they got to get this money back to work on any dips. That is who is buying the dip. Those are the people who are buying the dip. The institutional money managers that were banking on a recession are now trying to get that money back to work. And they will be relentless until they get up to basically, you know, where they need to be on an investing standpoint from a cash, you know, less cash, more in. So I don't think it's over yet. I don't think we topped out yesterday. I don't think this is just the end here right now. And again, we're going to get jobs. We're going to get more data. But right now, bulls in complete control still. This, mm -hmm. you, know, you see, oh, what a terrible day for the markets. We're down 20 handles. This is a huge victory for the bulls, George. Oh, yeah. A Seven bucks These off that low. These were disaster reports on the S&Ps that can't even go down. Seven bucks off that low. You got down to 142.28. Uh, your two-day low, you might have been looking for that, 41.32. But right now, you're seven bucks off the low. I'm, I'm just going to be firm on the, and Dennis, the, the close, 150.82, right there near the high. 
that's where the Bulls got to take it to and shrug it off and take up take it higher. So I'm looking at that uh, target on the upside, 150.82. You could do a reset. Um, you just use yesterday's low as a minor support number because we are above it at 148.17. So boy, Meta really helped these stock. It's just the way they rallied yesterday. They're up. They're still up, but they got the the meta boost yesterday. These earnings come in. They're not so great, and these stocks are just that. I mean, two days. They're still showing a good positive performance. So I love the one fifty one number. That and we'll call that. Uh, you know, that close one fifty eighty two. That that's more than just a number for tomorrow. I'd be watching that over the next couple days. So just to clarify, I did sell some stuff yesterday again. Again, when I'm talking, you know, and you can talk with two different voices. You can talk with a trading voice and you can talk with a long-term investing voice. Yeah. I'm not overly concerned that I have a lot of cash. A lot of the people are like, oh, Dennis can kill you all this cash. Remember, when did I raise this cash, folks? When did I raise this cash? In 2021, 21. end of 2021, beginning of 2022. A little bit early, probably even mid-2021 because it just got stupid. I got up to 50%. I had just really have never put it back in. I haven't really seen the green light to go back in. Yeah, I sold some stocks, but I rebought some other stuff. So I'm kind of just been floating around that 50% for the better part of a year and a half now. I did raise it up to the most I've been, though, in a long time. I went up to 56% cash yesterday um, because I just feel like it's overdone. But with that being said, I can't trade it short. I'm not short this market. And I'm trading it a little biased to the long side, just like I said. I mean, mm -hmm. people think I'm a bear because I have some cash, but I'm trading bullish. I've been trading long. I've been trading you know, since January you know what we need from the to long do? side. Wait, and, I, and I think to get into the, the point, you know, with the show and everything, I think maybe we need to separate, you know, um, uh, you know, the shows because, you know, I think people get confused a little bit. They do, some, for sure. And if we do it's something, like if we, if we just, if we just focus like, you confused. know, for one part of it, just on the short term, you know, you'll see one thing. And then if we do another thing where, you know, our longer term things, then, you know, because there's some people here that don't care about short-term trading at yep. all, and there's some people that don't care about long-term investing at all. So um, that's something we got to. That, that's one thing we got to think about. Of course, the day trading leads up to your long-term opinions. Well, that's that, that's it. I mean, so so the reason I wear two hats is that I don't have a day job. You know, besides doing this podcast for Benzinga, this is my job. My my money, my bills are paid by my trading. It's called production, is what it is in the professional world. They call that production, where you're, you know, taking advantage of inefficiencies, moving in with relationships, trading, you know, whatever is, you know, going, going with the flow. Basically, as a trader, momentum just works better most of the time. Sometimes contrarian works, you know, like, but for the most part, you're buying dips on stocks and uptrends and you're selling rips on stocks and downtrends. It's kind of how it works. It depends on your time frame for figuring out those trends, though, because if you're like looking at a three-year chart, well, all these growth stocks are still in downtrends, but that's not true. If we look really since January, they've been straight oh. up. And we call this January effect. I mean, people really give me heat on Twitter how wrong I am. I mean, go and look at my tweets in, in December. You know, when I was tweeting, I was like about Tesla. And I said, you know, people are saying this is what needs to do. And I said, you know what it needs to do? It needs to change to 2023 because the January effect will take hold and that's going to help the price. Three days later, that's when it started taking off. So I called the January effect, folks. I screwed it up. You saw my returns for January. They weren't great. I was up 3.6%, I think, uh, because I sold stuff way too soon. I got out way too soon, and then I decided to get to market neutral. I should have just stayed on the bull train. Um, again, FIFO. You know me, FIFO. So that's always been my problem. I'd have sick returns if I didn't have the FIFO in me, but I always get out too soon. But we've got to be able to separate it. So I'm just separating and saying, I don't want to pay. 25 times, if I'm buying Apple, and I had Apple in my long-term portfolio for a decade, it was an awesome stock. My average cost base was 25 to 150. It's just not cheap anymore. To Cameron Dawson's point, it's just not cheap. So I'm like, I don't want to invest in Apple at this point in time. doesn't mean I can't trade it. doesn't mean I can't buy it. doesn't mean I can't you know, make money on the long side and the short side. I trade Apple almost every day, but I have no position right now. But because it reports earnings, I usually stay away from those. But it doesn't mean I have to take my hard-earned day trading capital and invest it in Apple this time. Because, you know, really what it is, is you've got your trading capital, and then I have my retirement account. It's my RSP. You know, it's in the Canada, they call it, where I've got, you know, stocks that I'm planning on retiring with. Some of them 
retiring with. Some of them are just, you know, if the stories change or the valuations just get so extreme, I adjust. So just try to separate it. But right now, I'm telling you, even though I have a lot of cash, you can't fight the ball tape. You cannot fight the tape. J.C. Pratt said it yesterday. And we were repeating ourselves a lot on the show because nobody's listening. Right now, the Bulls continue to remain in control. We've been talking about this. I've said this for two weeks now. The Bulls are in control. Why in the hell would I be short? There's no point to being short if the Bulls are in control. When the when I see Apple fall 10% on their earnings and get hammered, if Apple turns and, and goes down 10% today, that would be a big victory for the Bears. But the Bulls are winning the victories every day. And right now, the Bulls are winning on Apple as well. Momentum's your friend until it ain't, right? We'll find out. All right, let's keep going. Let's maybe – actually, you know what? We already got our guests in the back. We'll get towards Apple and Amazon a little bit later. Let's get to our guest today. You guys know it's Mark Chaykin time. All right, we got Mark Chaykin here. And, of course, everyone wanted to know, what's the power gauge say? I heard it in the chat. What are we seeing out there, Mark? Well, let's go back two weeks. I think we uh, made a very bullish call two weeks ago on a Thursday. And uh, mm. on the 7th, what was that, the 16th of uh, January? 17th? Something like that. It was a great it, call, Mark. In any event, uh, it's a bull market. Absolutely no doubt about it. And yesterday, the S&P broke out above a double top. And the point and figure on a point and figure chart, and the count is forty eight ninety nine. How you get there, when you get there, we'll find out. But this is a confirmed bull market, and it's already climbing a wall of worry because of what you just discussed. Anybody who's fundamentally oriented, from Mike Wilson at Morgan Stanley, who dug a big hole for himself, oh for sure, as recently as yesterday. Um, they don't believe Mark, it. They're, Mark, yeah. what is a bull market to you, and how is this a bull market? A bull market is when stocks go up, particularly when they go up on bad news, as, as you've been discussing. He's, he's absolutely correct, Mitch. This is it's a bull just, market. This, and I look on the internet briefly to see what people who respond to J.C. Peretz and a lot of the uh, macro guys, and, and they're just virulently bearish. They just can't believe this. I can't believe it either, really from a logic standpoint. When I think about the markets logically, and what we have to understand is in the short run, markets are never logical. So in the short run, anything can happen. In the long run, they tend to still, valuation still tends to drive the bus in the long run. But in the short run, it's all just FOMO, emotions, fear. And Mark, you're making such a good point. There's just too many bears that just won't get off the bear train here. Well, also, you've got the hedge funds with they came into January with their largest bearish uh, tilt in, I don't know, 20 years. Yeah. And they and that's big money. And that's big money in overvalued stocks. And that's why you're seeing short covering going on. I, I, for me, this is a bull market of small and mid cap stocks. I said that two weeks ago and I just looked the small and mid cap indices are up around five percent over the last week and the S&P is up 2.97 percent so uh, this is definitely a small and mid-cap bull market to start and the old favorites will get the short covering boost here but that's not where I'd go I would not go into the apples the amazons the googles even the metas you know that's that's a that's another Mark Zuckerberg deke you know, this well, is, what this, about Meta? I mean, let's I just don't, take I don't want to talk out. about you meta. don't want to talk about it. No, because you, you're not going to make money in Meta. You're going to take a look at some of the semiconductor stocks that have they've almost doubled the small caps. Uh, eight, uh, what, what do I Amcor, AMKR. Take a look at that chart just as an example of what's already happened. I mean, Amcor we've seen. Amcor, and, and AMKR. Again, and, and take a look at a stock we just recommended, Builder, uh, Builder's um, first source. We recommended that at 75 a week ago. You, you know what happened a week and a half ago on the stock, Mark? The cut, cut jobs. Yeah. I mean, this is That's just the driver now. This is like the raise guidance when you're cutting jobs. BLDR, no, it didn't get any headlines from CNBC. No, 
No, because nobody follows People are the taking stock. notes. You're cutting jobs, they're buying the stocks. Yeah, here's another. I mean, it, my point here is you can't chase these stocks, obviously. As a trader, you got to wait for a pullback, but that's the problem. Where, where, when's the pullback coming? Yeah. So let's they're review. Uh, look at IPAR. This is a fragrance company. It's crazy. This has had a bullish rating since mid-July at 75. The stock's close to a double. Mark, but isn't this irrational exuberance to the upside? No, this is a bull market. You got, this isn't crazy. This is money that needs to go somewhere. If money's coming out of big tech, which it should, in my view, mega cap stocks, where is it going? It's not going into the bond market. Hedge yeah. funds don't sit on cash. It's going to go into growth stocks. So th there's some pretty well-defined things. So I can review a couple of them that I think will really help our viewers. If you compare XLY versus XLP, that's want versus need. I didn't coin that. That was um, sentiment trader Jason Gottford. Okay. You've had a big spike in the relative performance of those two over the last two weeks. When that happens, it's very bullish for the market, A, and B, it's bullish for consumer discretionary. It's bullish for financials, which I'm not really focusing on. It's bullish for materials, bullish for industrials. So that, and, and you wanna look at small and mid cap growth names in those four areas. You don't wanna get into the defensive stocks. They're gone. Even healthcare is a problem right now. So you can sort of sweep consumer staples, utilities, even real estate and healthcare under the rug and focus on tech, consumer discretionary, which is a, a very homogeneous group. So you got to really drill down because it's dominated by a couple of names that you don't want to be in like Tesla and so forth. So that's your roadmap for the next six months in my view. And your target is somewhere between 4,700 and 5,000 on the S&P. First half so, of the year should be a barn burn. So you're taking us to new all-time highs. I do D think so. Despite and, interest rates being where they are. And well, no cutting. Historically, interest rates at 5% have not been an impediment to a bull market. You're just There's a recency bias here that because we were at zero, that five looks like a big mountain. But it's not. Historically... Actually, well, you know, four, four and a half, five percent is the norm on the. Yeah, but I would argue the one point you're missing on that, Mark. So I'll just take the other's argument. I'm totally with you in the bull market right now. I do think it ends badly eventually, but I don't know when that is. But the one thing is people just have a lot more debt than they used to. When we were looking at the 90s and four or five, six percent interest rates, people didn't have the amount of debt they do now. I mean, people in, in, in you know, in Ontario, I'm looking around me, they're, they're, they're doing mortgages on houses, $900,000 as a 2,000 square foot home. This houses were trading for two hundred thousand, or trading, I'm trading. Yeah. These cars selling for two hundred thousand ten years ago. So the house went from two hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand. The mortgage rates have now went on these people from literally one percent, one and a half percent, up to five, six, seven percent here now. Doesn't that eventually come to roost? Well, eventually we're all going to die. So, uh, <laughs> but, no, it, but it's our yeah, job as a trader. No, <laughs> your job as a trader is not to try and outguess the fundamentals in the Fed. True. That nobody true. can do that. Very true. And wh when I turned bullish two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I said in my note that even though we've been looking for an earnings recession and even though the Fed has con continued to raise rates for a bit, that there are two pieces to making money in the market. And Marty Zweig said it best, watch the Fed and listen to the market. So two and a half weeks ago, when we had the bread thrust, the market said, buy. And it overrode any Fed analysis. And that's where all these fundamental people are going to, they're going to tear their hair out yeah. from Mike Wilson on down. So I'm, I'm with you, Mark. Yeah. I mean, the, you've got to do it. And, and plus what, again, Two and a half weeks ago, what I said was, we've had the bread thrust. Historically, that's it. Bear market over. That was at uh, 39.99.94. But there were three things that had to happen to confirm it. And they all happened. Had a breakout above 4,100. You had to see the percentage of stocks and positive point and figure tr uh, trends on the N uh, New York Stock Exchange go above 60. It's now 69. 
and you had to see the McClellan summation index go above a thousand, and that the went above a thousand uh, two days ago. All right, we're on the line with Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics. Uh, full disclosure, Mark, I, I wasn't here two weeks ago uh, when you were on the show, um, but I, I was here, I believe, about four weeks ago, and and we had a discussion, you know, with you that the market wasn't going to turn until interest rates started going down. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that scenario right now. So just I heard you give your reasons again for why you flipped on that. I just could you because, like I said, I wasn't here two weeks ago. So you just could you just summarize again what what has changed in the in the fundamentals where nothing nothing, nothing? has changed. I, uh, te- that's what technical analysis is all about. Okay. You know what to do, but you don't know why you're doing it until okay. later. And I, I couldn't even begin to tell you what the scenario is going to play out. I can guess at it. You know that the Fed looks at the uh, the inflation numbers. There, there's one number that I, I said would explain it, which is that if the rate of inflation continues to drop, by mid-March, it's going to be below the Fed funds rate. You tell me how Jerome Powell and the Fed can keep raising rates when inflation is below the Fed fund rates. The, the, they can't. They can't justify it. So what know, about that, if it's not to 2%, though, the well, mandate never, that they're stating? That, that's a red herring. It's never going to get to 2% in, in this cycle. Yeah, so, you know, if it gets down to 3 4%, that's a win. And, you know, you don't want it to get too low. They, people interpreted what Powell said as, disinflate as deflation really it's disinflation yeah no big difference yeah big difference so deflation you you Mm -hmm. know run for the hills but uh disinflation not bad i'd go for some deflation right now yeah i get you would so i you know i again every (laughs) most of the people you have on here are going to tell you that it's overvalued be careful it's going to end badly that's that's a that's a way of sort of talking both sides of this thing outright bullish for the next foreseeable future with a target of say 4,600 to 5,000. And you've got to look for buying opportunities and and they're there. Look what the home builders have done in the face of bad numbers. If you want to see how markets can rally in the face of bad fundamental data, it's the home builders and uh, builders first source is really a home build. All right, we got a jobs number coming up here, Mark. So, uh, yeah, Dennis, uh, Dennis, go wide. Great input, Mark. We'll get you back on the Thursday schedule again, and uh, we'll see. We'll get to finish up the center season. Market, market's telling us something, and uh, earnings are telling us another. All right, Uh, Dennis, um, you're going to get ready here for the important jobs number. Mitch, you want to do a preview? Yeah, let's do it. Um, and, and there's a lot of numbers, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and just pull up my screen here to help us out. Um, there's more numbers that we'll probably be, you know, kind of paying attention to. There's going to be five numbers to get released. Actually, I think cool. more than that. I think it's like seven numbers. So that I try to highlight them here. Of course, you guys can do this also by using Benzinga Pro. Get your calendar widget, go to economics, go to today. You can either filter out by the United States if you wanted. But you can see here all these numbers in at 830. Um, we're getting manufacturing payrolls, private non-farm, uh, non-farm, right? Average weekly hours, unemployment rate going to be coming in. That's one I'll definitely be looking at. Remember, prior was 3.7. Consensus is actually for it to go down. This is where it gets confusing, right? Is bad news still good news? Good news still bad news? I'll tell you the truth. I don't know. <laughs> I know. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. The I don't know if it's going to be good news, bad news, bad news, or good news. That, that right there that whole narrative is all about if you believe soft landing or not so um we'll see what happens here whoa uh, whoa there we go there's non-farm the is 173 prediction we'll get we'll see what we get last one was 263,000. joel i'll put you up for the charts and i'll try to get the number for us yeah well here non-farm yeah hot must be hot right go mm-hmm. ahead mitch i'll let you give the numbers and let the spoos shake it out here Non-farm payroll, January 517,000 versus 185,000. Unemployment rate for January 3.4 versus 3.6 expected. Still unemployment rate coming down. Not what we wanted to see, at least. At least I, I honestly don't even know on that and not even going to comment on that. But U.S. private non-farms also January 443,000 versus 
190,000 estimate there. Uh, definitely still adding jobs, it seems like it. Participation rate, 62.4% versus 62.3% prior. So actually going higher just shows us the jobs seem to stay robust right now. Uh, when unemployment rate actually going down further than the expected. Really? What, what did it? Wow. What it's is at 3.4 now. And Holy prior was 3.5. Expected was 3.6. Hot, hot, hot. They saw that and they just hit the sell button. Uh, we are now down 46 and a quarter handles. 41.41 is your current low. That's not going to be your low of the day. The buy the dippers have not come in here yet. Uh, they're trying to find an area where they're going to be by the dips. We're dipping into the 41.40 handle as we speak. I may have to adjust my numbers on the downside. The focus number, Globex low from yesterday. The low from the day was 36.75. We did get close to there. We get to 38.50. Uh, the market turned. I mean, it's not, this is definitely uh, not what we wanted to hear. We wanted to hear unemployment going up. But let's get the 2S word out. This is still a strong market. This is not a mm -hmm. recession. There's still jobs out there. We are in the same tug of war that we've been in for quite some time. And here is we got what we're looking at. Is there a buy the dip opportunity here again? After the market has had just one heck of a rally, we're 10 handles off the low here, sorting through the numbers. Uh, does this mean, you know, uh, the quarter quarter point rate hike wasn't enough? What's going to happen, Mitch? Go ahead. Go in with uh, some of the more of the numbers here. I'll readjust my charts. All right. And of course, uh, we can kind of take a look at this. But overall, I think what we need to start thinking about here is really just the narratives, right? Is it a soft landing or is it not a soft landing that the Fed is trying to approach, right? Um, I think that if it is a soft landing, well, then this would be good numbers, right? Because uh -huh. then you're seeing that, yeah, the economy is so strong. The Even if the Fed wants to break it, it can't break it right now. At least that's what it seems like. But if you're not in the camp of soft landing and you're in the camp that the Fed is going to continue hiking rates until they see the labor market break or the economy break, well, then this would be more of that kind of reaction that you would see and more of that bearish outlook here. Um, that's where it gets difficult, team. And that's where I think you guys heard us talking about it, how markets don't always have to be logical. And that's where it gets really difficult because you can grab your, you know, your textbooks or whatever you want to do, and you can just tear out the pages because it doesn't matter right now what the books say. The only thing that I would go off of is price action. And for me, I've talked about it. Above 420, I'll look for pullbacks to buy. Below 420, I'll look for 400 to crack. And that's where I think the bulls would start getting to the point where they'd be like, oh, maybe we got it wrong. Well, for right now, I'm staying in, in at least renting to the upside for 400 on the downside. If we crack that today, well, there you guys will see where the bulls might go. After yeah, that. I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is uh, just based on the price action uh, from yesterday, the reaction today. Uh, never seen unclosed. I mean, I'm not uh, – I'll definitely – I'm not, uh, you know, bull camp, bear camp neutral camp i'd have to say you know just the price action what we're seeing right now there's going to be more and more heavy lifting to get back up to friday's friday's close will it happen the will that buy the dippers have the mentality after you know after this kind of rally sure but i mean a lot of times see like that you know the capitulation moves like we saw at the uh, at the end of January that big buy-in balance of 7.5 billion the follow through on Monday and Tuesday the bulls got their work to do that, that that's what i have to say and then until we can take out i'm not even going to go with the high of the move yesterday which was uh, 4208.50 i'm going to go with that closing price of 4191.50 that's 40 handles away there's that's absolutely nothing in this market uh, the other thing I just want to alert traders and investors to is, uh, you know, Mark called it, you know, breaking out over a double top here. There was the September high right around 4,200. Uh, this was the DC consumer price index number 4,180. He's calling it clearing a double top. I still look at this area as we got up to there in September, rug pool. 
we got up there in December. December had some different dynamics, right? And uh, that pulled us back down the year-end tax selling. We just got back up to this area again. And prove it to me. Prove it to me that we want to get over 419150. Uh, prove it to me that we're going to be over 4200. I think you have to be. I just don't know if it's just as by, blindly by the dip market as it was the last couple of days. How much does he regret that common disinflation right now? Like you look at this jobs number that is so hot and you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is exactly what he did not want to see. This yes. is exactly what the market did not want to see. But I, what I will tell you is the news flow for the bears could not be better. <laughs> Earnings misses. Hot <laughs> numbers on the jobs. I mean, they're getting everything they need to get. Yet the market's still trying to buy the dip, trying to stay uh -huh. resilient. I mean, the news flow could not be better for the bears. Yet, you know, yeah, we're down. This is a very important day if you're a bear. You absolutely cannot see them rally this. So they have to. If you want to talk about who needs to hold the line, the bears need to hold the line. Because with this number and those earnings reports, this S&P should be down 100 handles right now. But it's not. It's down 43. It's not yet. And maybe they break them. And maybe we do end up down 100 today. But this buy the dip mentality is still there. The FOMO is still real. I just can't get on the bear train despite everything from the is macro the... world and the economy because of these stocks telling us that we should be bearish. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm still heavy cash. We know that. I just can't get on the full. I'm going to just start shorting stocks here because we're going down. Dennis, is, the, is the max uh, pain trade on oh, it the is. bull side or the bear side? No, it's full. No, the bulls it's are getting no, no pain, Mitch. The bulls are getting no pain here right now. That, that's no pain come. on this pullback. I think it's to come. The bulls are getting no. Come on. You know, that this, this, this news. There's not a dent. There's really not even. There's a not dent. even a dent happening here. I mean, look what just yeah. happened. We had Apple miss, Amazon miss. Microsoft missed and lowered guidance. I heard the mm -hmm. whole call. Listen, the whole thing was painful. Yeah. Just to listen. Google, you got a jobs, hot jobs number. Yet the market is still above where we were yesterday. What kind of Goldilocks scenario are we in? I mean, you can't fight it. They're there. They're buying. Those money managers are underinvested. It is a full bear pain train going on here right now. The bull's feeling no pain. They should be feeling the pain. In normal worlds, the bulls would be getting hammered right now, but we're not in Kansas anymore. We're in 2023, and the money managers are uninvested, and they're all throwing up because the stocks are going up without them. They're trying to buy the bloody dip again. We should be down 100 handles on this number, but we're not. Don't fight the tape. Okay. Uh, what did you see out there? Uh, I'm not with... short stocks. Okay. No, no, no. I don't. No, People no, are no. saying, oh, I'm short stocks. Did I just say anything bearish? No. Like, I don't understand the chat. No. Guys, there's only one resident. Do I have bear. to just spell out I'm bullish? I'm bullish. I'll spell it out. You know out. what? Long I, I need, term, I'm gonna I'm get you a shirt, Dennis. Market because it's a house of cards here right now. <laughs> but short term, how do you argue with this? We should be down 100 handles. And we're not. So I'm yeah. not gonna fight this tape and say we're going down 100 handles. We're, no. we're trying to rally again. It's ridiculous. But you know what? I can't fight it. Can't, I can't fight, fight it. it. Price action don't lie, right? Price All action right. don't lie. Let's talk about the other reports. We didn't really get through them, so I wanted to at least take a look at Google. Let's get to that. Uh, we didn't look at the chart. Q, uh, Q4 EPS missing here on EPS. They beat on sales. Uh, things that I think are very important to look at is their ad advertising uh, still staying higher in 2022. Uh, they did incur about $1.9 billion to $2.3 billion in employee severance charges. Um, and also incurring exit costs related to office space reductions of 500 million. The only thing that I question on there is if they're if they're cutting down office space, they're cutting down employees. I mean, do they really see growth in the future? Oh, I actually so. And again, this talks from the other side is that I don't get it. I, I sold some of my long term Google yesterday ahead of the print because I was like. I just don't think the number is going to be good, but the response to it is pretty good. I think they should be down more on this, but they're not. So I don't know what to say from a long-term investing standpoint. I'm lost. 
from a short-term trading standpoint, I'm on point. They're buying dips. So I have no idea where we're going long-term. I still think long-term, all these stocks go lower, I think, when we look at them a year from now. But I tell you, right now, they want to go higher. And I'm not going to be there trying to time in the shorts here and say, yeah, they're going down. Not a good report, Mitch. Google wasn't a good report here either. Nothing they said made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside here. But it's only down four bucks. It's not even giving back its gains from yesterday. Yesterday, I know. It can't even give back its gains from yesterday on a miss. Uh, on a ser- and, and, and again, they're all all three. I would never thought all three were going to miss. I know. All gonna I miss. know. All three missed. All three missed. All three missed. The jobs number comes in as hot as <laughs> you can get. I mean, I don't know how you get hotter. And the market is taking it in stride. We can't even get back the gains from yesterday. Because Maybe this is to come. Maybe this is where the, the bears do take control, Mitch. Maybe you take control because you broke me. I was a bear yeah, I mean, and you've broken me. I'm I think I think 400 is the level I gave just uh, five minutes ago. I mean, I say you you don't break them till you break 400. But I'm just saying there's a lot of people like you know that me logically thinking about it doesn't make any sense. Those are the people who cares. Breaking. It doesn't matter about making sense, Dennis. You've had uh, you know you you have your investment plan. We talked about this for a long time yesterday, and I know yeah. you know you're, you're you're wearing the different hats yes. and. Um, just right now, I, I I think I like your long-term hat better than your short-term hat. I, I just, you know, just in the perspective of the markets, you know, I know listening to Mark and everything, I just don't, like the Ooh. scenario that he gave, like 4,800 to 5,000, I mean. That's all technical because it's That's all technical? Okay, well, then that can change. Then that, yeah, I... We've had a big run up in January. So goes January. So goes the market. I'm just saying, you know, I, I like, I like your long-term hat and you're sure, you know, you're good on, on both ends of the market, but I just think that, you know, I think there's a moment of pause in here. We'll have to see what happens today, but you know, whatever technicals Mark is using and whatever technicals the other gurus have, what I'm telling you is the closing prices from yesterday the closing price in the S&Ps today, yeah. that's my bogey. Not yeah. the high. If the mar- if they rally this market back today and or Monday or Tuesday or whatever, they close this thing 4200 then then fine. But, you know, to me, I just think we've hit, you know, we've had a big rally, big inflection point and I'm just going to say I like I like your long term hat right here, and I know I play, you know I try to be perma bull or perma bear or whatever, and I am a perma bull in my long term portfolio because that's the way it's been for 40, 50 years or whatever. Yeah. But it just to me, yesterday felt like a turn, and 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 just the way that you talked, and the other thing when we were talking about yesterday, you had talked about your long term portfolio for so long, yeah. and what you were going to do at this level. And when I did, you were, you had a little bit of doubt. I said, Dennis, this was your plan and you are sticking to it. So I'm raising I, more cash. I said, I go hundred percent cash. We went to four. Ah, no, then you I didn't do that. I, I don't have the guts to do that. I should have shorted that. I, I don't have the guts to do that. But I, I, raised, I had to sell that. stocks in the S&P. I should have shorted that. No, arbitrage okay. that right there. I, I dumped my risk. I'll tell you, man. I, and I love Mark Shaken. And I, I love, you know, he's made uh, hundreds of great calls on this show. Uh, boy, I, I don't know. I'm just. It's hard not, to chase not, it here. I'm not buying up here. It's hard I'm to short term. Mid, uh, and I like, would love to be 110% cash up here. But <laughs> you can <laughs> borrow money to it. Borrow money to just put it in 5.33% yes, right now. Yeah, let's do some arbitrage, man. Uh, I'll give you guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean. We're, we're seeing the exuberance, right? Let's talk about the Nordstrom story, right? We haven't oh, even gotten oh into that. Right? So you now, want to talk this about is exuberance. irrational exuberance. Now I don't even need to be on the show anymore. Now you're getting me not... back at the bear camp. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> the resident bear will do it for you. I got you. No worries. <laughs> Nordstrom shares zooming higher. Too much uncertainty, but bring us to that Nordstrom story. Oh. This is ridiculous. Nordstrom's trading higher off a Wall Street Journal report that said GameStop's chairman Ryan Cohen bought a stake in Nordstrom. And uh, just to put it out there, I did read an article on CNBC. So uh, all you apes out there and GameStop fans, I'd have to ask you: Did CNBC get this right? They said. Cohen 
who founded the pet retail health site, Chewy, is considered a champion of meme stock crowd. Hmm. I'd say he's more of an antagonist in that crowd, but hey. They don't like him each his own, right? Beyond stuff. Yeah. But- I mean, just look at eight. Look at look at everything that's been done also in GameStop. They came out with the NFT platform like a year and a half after the bubble. It's like, come on, you guys are just late to the game. You mentioned things that sound sexy, but has the company even changed with all that money that got put into the company? I mean, GameStop. I, I say it goes right back to three or four dollars. Now you're antagonizing the ape crowd, or I guess GameStop's not apes, the Reddit crowd or whoever. I get them all confused. But let's just take this back to Nordstrom. (laughs) This move is absolutely ridiculous. And if I was long this thing, I would be selling it as fast as I possibly could. Now, again, it came off the highs. This had 30 bucks last night, Joel. Almost 30. High 29s. (laughs) This stock at one point in time was up 45% in the after-hours session. How, like, Cohen, so here's, here's what happens. He buys a stock. Basically, somebody miraculously leaks it to the Wall Street Journal because it hasn't hit an SEC filing yet. It's going to hit an SEC filing eventually if it's true, but it hasn't hit the filing yet. And then, boom, he's instantly up 40% on his position. I mean, is he selling into this now? I don't know. It would be pretty dirty if he was. I would hope not. He be- but I mean, he, he, he this be. power that this person has right now, Ryan Cohen is the most powerful figure on Wall Street, more powerful than Warren Buffett right now, because there's no way if Buffett took a position in Nordstrom, it wouldn't go up 45%. It'd go up 15 to 20, wouldn't go up 45%. And he has, and I think Buffett actually has a position in Nordstrom. Um, the, the power of this person is nothing short of absolutely incredible. If it's warranted or not, I don't know, but you can't How argue with it. it. You knew legal? last night when you saw that, that's just going to rip higher. If he's on selling, it. if he's selling, he's. Oh, he's, well, I don't know if he yeah. is. We hey, Dennis, know. watch your bids here, okay? We're uh, we're still losing altitude here. We are now. Because they uh, broke me, and now they got me trying to go like the bull camp here, which I'm full on trading. Short, short term, short sides. term, man. Focus, focus. Uh, two different yeah, I'm, staying, I'm, not, I'm staying in cash. You know why I stay in cash in the long term account? Because it's too night. much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. There's too much uncertainty, and, okay. and they're paying me to wait. I used to be like, when I'm getting 1% of my money, I was like, oh, this sucks. But now I get 5% to set That's it out. To, to yep. set it out. And I'm not saying it out from a trading perspective. I'm trading like crazy. It's been excellent last few days of trading. But from an investing standpoint, it's just too much, man. The stocks are too expensive. I'm full on Cameron Dawson. I just cannot get behind investing at these prices. So that's why I stay with the hard cash and the long account, but still trading it from the long side. You're getting paid not to worry, Dennis. You're getting paid not to worry. Paid not to worry. You're right, Joel. That's a great point too. They're paying me not to worry. I do worry though when it's going up without you. You do naturally worry because you're like, you got the FOMO going. The FOMO kicks in and you start worrying that, hey, I'm missing the train. But I mean, really when you analyze it, there's nothing that really is looking fantastic for the economy right now, our stocks. I mean, we're seeing start of a recession. We're seeing, you know, economic numbers come down. But again, I can't argue with the tape. And if they buy this back today, They're this not. is the day. This is the day, Joel, to your point. This is the day. Because if they hammer it and we're down 100 S&P points, you know, Mitch is looking pretty good on the bear train. But if for whatever reason they find a reason to buy these stocks back, then like, I don't even yeah, you know what you know what these money managers are thinking now? They're like, well, I that stuff I bought last week, I'm still up a little bit on it. I'm still up a little bit on it. You know, what do I do? What do I what do I do? What do I do? I don't know. We're coming down 35 and a quarter. We just made a new low. I mean, we'll see what happens with the liquidity comes in, in the regular session. You have all your big dogs uh, uh, down on the session, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon. I'll just stick stick with your closing prices uh, on everything today. And now it looks like it's coming down where you might not see that closing price. Maybe you need to look at yesterday's low, except for you know, for some of these uh, major tech stocks. So um, interesting market, 850. We got, yeah, do we got some, some more numbers to do here? or uh, Yeah, we, we can still do some or... other stocks. Uh, let's go to Ford. Uh, Ford definitely. Ford. Uh, EPS, 51 cents, missing the 62 cent estimate. Sales at 44 billion beat the 40.37 billion estimate. Ford did declare a first quarter dividend, 15 cents per share. 
plus a supplemental dividend of 65 cents per share. That's from the Rivian state. Um, yep. And that's, uh, they, they stated, of course, strong free cash flow. Uh, they also stated, though, CEO Farley stating that we have to change our cost profile, he told CNBC, um, as supply concerns continue to damper the company. If you look into it, that's they're still seeing more issues in supply. So I know that some people say supply chains are fixed. Doesn't seem like it for Ford, at least. Uh, CEO Farley is focused on making the company more efficient. But the big question today is how did Ford miss its profit target that it just gave at the end of October? Yeah. I, I mean, that's a great point in itself. And I think Phil LeBeau, you know, was on CNBC and he was kind of flabbergasted looking at these numbers. And I'm trying to see exactly what he said because I retweeted at the time. Um, I can't find it now. I'm looking through my own Twitter feed because I wanted to get the quote exactly. But he basically called the quarter a disaster. Phil LeBeau, who's your auto guy, I mean, nobody follows this market more than he does, said this quarter was a disaster. I'm like, I'm going to go with him because this is his specialty. He, you know, whether you agree with it or not, I mean, this guy is in the trenches. You know, he follows the automotives, you know, very, very well, that whole sector. He called this quarter a disaster. And I'm like, holy. I'm like, and especially after GM, because GM mm-hmm. kind of blew it away. So I'm like, I don't know what happened here, but this is not good news for, the, um, you know, when you look at this and this, look at, you know, yeah. in October, they're giving you a certain guidance that can't even hit those numbers. So I think this is full recession starting to hit here. But, you know, they cost and, they, you know, there's other things going on. It's all talk about reducing costs. Well, that's know? it it's because a, they don't have the growth everything. anymore. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, that is just across the board. You know what? What we're hearing is, you know, oh, well, we so that's going to make the numbers look better. But, you know, in the long and then uh, now unemployment goes down. I mean, you know, hit me aside the head here. The only thing with uh, uh, with this Ford, I'll just mention, uh, it's kind of similar to the market. You know, you sniffed this uh, this area uh, back in mid September. You know what happened then? You got back up to that fourteen fifty area in November. You saw what happened there. Back again yesterday. I, they juiced it, got it to fourteen fifty. I don't know if there's any gaps in here or whatever. I guess for today, I guess maybe think about the psychological thirteen dollar level. Uh, maybe you have some uh, short term traders, but I've seen Ford on on days like this. Like you're thinking, oh wow, it's down a buck. Wow, that's a lot. You know, that's more than its average range. And then they come in and they just hammer it. You got a lot of people stuck long on this one. You got them stuck. Long from the GM number. Oh, we're breaking out. We're going to 15. So I think the order flow from the last two days is really, uh, if you're looking for a bounce and a buy the buy the dipper on this one, I don't know if this would be my uh, my, my top candidate. Just to get his words right, Phil Abosa on CNBC, this was a terrible quarter is what he was. That was his, that's the automotive specialist on CNBC. He was covered automotives. How long has Phil Abosa been covering automotives, Joel? I mean, ever since I can remember, I've been in the markets 22 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, no longer than that, 99. I've been in the markets 24 minutes, years go by. 24 years trading professionally here. Philip Bo is there, I think, before me. Wasn't he there? Like, long I, time. I'm trying to remember and see. I mean, they've had long time over the years, they've had so many different people on there come and go. He uh, says it's a terrible quarter. It's, it's a, a terrible, terrible quarter. quarter. Yeah. Now, the question is, do they just buy it anyways? Because this is what they're doing. They're buying terrible quarters. They bought the Intel, Joel. The Intel. And I sold some Intel yesterday. Oh, because okay. I'm like, this is just stupid. I'm like, <laughs> this was an epic disaster. An epic, epic, epic disaster. The stock lost 10%, which it should have. And they bail me out three days later. How do I not? So I lighten up the Intel. Because I'm like, come on. I'm like, this is just giving me a gift. It gave me half of my money back just like that. Boom. All of the losses back from that quarter, boom. This is what they're doing. They're so hungry, they will buy anything. They literally couldn't have did anything right Intel in that quarter, and they bought it right back five days later. That's like this bull market in itself. Just give me the trash, dash for trash, and Intel is right now trash because that was a trash quarter, and they bought the stock right back. Yeah, right back to resistance too. I mean, this thirty dollar area, whatever, thirty, thirty, thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty six. You know, if you're you know, if you're looking for more downside, there is a nice area. You're you're only you know, forty, fifty cents away from there. 
Uh, if you're leaning on that, absolutely no. For now, full disclosure, I own it. Much higher price until this thing can establish a 30 bid. And I'm not just talking about, you know, one or two days. I'm talking about getting up above it, closing above it, putting lows in that area, right? The, uh, you know, the path of least resistance is uh, is lower for uh, for Intel. And then I just, man, what we should have done is we just should have dumped our, our Intel and bought Mobileye and just we would be even on everything, Mobileye made a new all-time <laughs> made a new all-time high yesterday. So, uh, all right, um, we got a comment here from Super Spackman asking about my 420 line in the sand and why is it the line in the sand? I think it's more long asking this, and I ran through this on Stock Market Movers yesterday. And the big thing is, if you look from the bottom action there in October to where we'd go to at that 420, that would be 20 percent off the lows and. As we refer to bear markets from coming from the top down 20%, I'll refer to it as a bull market if we come from the bottom up 20%. And yes, that'll make me miss out on the first maybe 20%. Maybe I get a 5% pullback and I can buy the dips after that. But I'm just going to go quickly and not trying to catch the bottom, not trying to catch the tops. I'm just trying to catch the meat of the move. And if that's day trading these moves and just riding it up, so be it, right? We'll see what that's happens. That's not though. That's swing trading. Uh, yeah. It's me that's trying to catch the, yeah, the turns. I... The day traders are in the turns and in the trenches. It's just what. Well, you I do be. a little mix of both. You're, so... you're talking swing trading, you know, where you're trying to grab the bulk and the meat in the middle of the move, where you know you're going with the momentum, which is fine to be too. I mean, you got to know who you are. You know, it's a mm -hmm. good conversation of who you are. I'm not a swing trader. I I do it every once in a while, but it's not my specialty. My specialty is day trading. My specialty yeah. is like going with the flow. I do long-term investing. Again, I still said always this. I know the jury's out on whether I'm a good long-term investor or not. I think there's too much trading that creeps into my long-term investing that makes me not that great. Like, I, like my best long-term investments were like the MasterCard that I just held for 15 years. I mean, sometimes you just got to buy and hold. And you, it all. and you sold out of those. And you sold well, out of some of those. Just now, though, like just recently, because no, it's, 20, it's 40 times earnings or 38 times earnings. I'm like, I can't get behind. And, and again, it was okay when it was 35 times earnings when it was growing like this. I just don't think the growth is there. I think the story, it, they, they haven't knocked the multiple down, but the growth is starting to slow. So it's just a re-evaluation of your holdings is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I don't I'm know. Long-term investing is tough, man. It's really tough. I'm taking the total crazy. opposite side of of, uh, of Mitch on, on uh, I mean, to me, we're, we're just at, we hit resistance yesterday. We had a very high close yesterday. There, for me, trying to buy dips in here, trying to ride it back up to those levels, I, I just, it's out. That, that, look what the market did when it got up here in September. If you want to be chartist, look what the market did when it got up here in September. Look what the market did when it got up here in December. We exceeded it a little bit yesterday. I mean, that that has been the pattern since September. If there's just going to, I mean, Prove me wrong. Get back over 40. I'm not even worried about, you know, yesterday's high or whatever. I'm just looking at that, that closing price. And to me, this has been a big wrong off the October low. The inflation picture is not, you know, clear. We don't have a Fed pivot. I just, you know, it would just, the heavy lifting up here. I feel the risk of just trying to buy these dips here. Thinking that you can ride it back up to uh, back up to this uh, the highs from yesterday, I just think that the the doubt the potential downside. I wouldn't I wouldn't give it enough room on the downside to try and get these pops. I think you know, Dennis, you say you know you know buy the dips and sell the rips. I think you had a rip yesterday. I think people are seeing the the numbers today, and I you know we'll do it. The market can always prove people wrong, right? And that's what that's what it's meant to do. Uh, but Mitch, I'm, I'm just taking the other side on that one. I'm not, I'm not looking for that to blow up there, play it from the long side, go up there, try and sell it to already people. What about the people that got stuck the last couple of days? What about if you bought the breakout in Ford yesterday? You're, you're praying for that thing to get back. Well, there's a good point there bus. too. That's yeah. why I asked where the max stuck. pain is. That's why I asked where the max pain is. I think it's is. for it the seems long like It's changing all the time, Mitch. But I will tell you for the last month, if you think the bulls have had pain, you are not. 
You are not. You you might be predicting max pain, no. and that's a different story. But you were asking, where is the max pain? The max pain has been to the Bears. Now, where if is it going to be to the Bulls? I think it is eventually. I wouldn't be 56% cash. I'd be all in. But I don't know what the timing of that. Mm-hmm. So I think you, you raise a fantastic point. But in this month of January, the max pain was to the Bears, and I mean in extreme levels. Extreme levels. If you were short stocks in January, you got annihilated. You got annihilated. Thank goodness I wasn't short stocks I mean, because I was kind of in the bear camp for a long time. But January effects probably took me out and said, I don't want to be short really right now because we were January. The calendar effect probably saved me from that viewpoint. But I mean, if you're short stocks in January, if you made money shorting stocks in January, you're just a trading genius because they were going straight up. I mean, some about the value stocks pulled off a bit, but the growth stocks, holy mackerel. This stocks, Tesla's up 80% in January. Eight zero, not eight eighty. Right, I can gonna, at least hey, say I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop here. I just want two comments that I really I really like from the of chat course, here, um, and they're see? right they're right next to each other. Um, Robert uh, Cornell saying, "Why aren't we talking about overhead supply anymore?" Right. Mm-hmm. I think you just created some like overhead supply over the last couple of days, right? For the bag holders that didn't get out, and uh, and then Joy four one one eight. You know, if, if today is green. I'm going to be bullish for a while. And I, I have to agree. Those are two really excellent comments coming out of our chat. Fun day. Yep. Today's, today's day, the day. Maybe you sit on the sidelines and you see who wins today and you go with the victor. Maybe that's it. We sit on the sidelines, watch it emerge. Can they take a green? Because if they take a green, the bulls situation, are Situation, right? But maybe they go down 100 points and then you're like, okay, the bears have reclaimed this. Now we got to be selling into rallies. So I think right now I sit back and watch the fireworks because this is going to be the battle of all battles today. This mm-hmm. is the battle. All the bad news is happening here right now. Can the Bears run with this or do the Bulls reclaim it again? And if they reclaim it again, I have no idea on the Bears side. So I think you sit back, watch, get your popcorn out, AMC popcorn, watch the battle here, and then position yourself and go with the victor. I think it's going to be fun. I think that's the only thing I can fun. say. It's going to be fun. Now, one trade that we didn't talk about today that I was talking about on at the close and I'm keeping a close eye on. Are we seeing the rotation away from energy? I think this is something to keep an eye on. Look at XLE. Look how oh, this is starting to crack. And I think this could be where we start to see that energy trade start topping out. Look at all these tops on XLE. It already topped out. Look at that 93. Look how we couldn't get to 93. We got to 92.80s, 93, like right there. So many topping areas right at the top here. I think this is an important trade to catch also. I don't want to miss the trade to the downside on oil. I don't know. I'm starting to it's feel like it's already happening. This Mitch. can happen when, right When now. they've been moving into the growth stocks relentlessly, they've been selling the oil stocks to do it. So Look they've been Chevron's moving from chart. value to growth for the better part of a month here now. Oil this. did continue to get the bid. But I mean, look at Chevron now. Mm-hmm. Just sneaky. Chevron does, this is such a great point. Chevron does the $75 billion buyback, one of the biggest buybacks that we have ever seen. And the stock goes straight down. Talk about a mm-hmm. max pain market. You know, here it is. This company's making more money than anybody. The buyback, here we go. 200, 250, let's party. Boom, they pull the rug out from under the $75 billion buyback and knock 20 points off of it. That is impressive. Something to keep in mind, right? There's always other trades, right? I know we're talking about the bull side and that other side, but is this rotating away? This is why I always like to focus on sector rotation and industry rotation so that we can be quick, right? Not get caught also in the rotation. Usually it's the bigger boys that determine the rotation. The only thing we can do is be a little flexible, looking for trades like this, relationships. We'll see what happens. Dennis, you go do what you do best, my friend. Thanks, and you guys, Mitch. follow Fun my show. man, Triple Fun D. Show. Lots you guys of, can follow him. Lots of opinions here. I don't know who's going to be right. I'm very torn. I'm very torn here. All my logic says sell stocks, but all the tape and the technicals to Mark Jacobs' point, JC's point, says the bulls are still in control. Let's find out today. 
Like, like, like. You guys smash it up. You guys enjoyed today's show. And like always, we got more for you coming up. We got live trading coming up next. Lord Ryan and I will be looking into the market. Will we be able to get some shorts on? Or maybe we put some longs. We'll find out, right? There's a lot to take a look at. I might be looking at the energy short trade. I think it could bounce even a little bit today. Going to look for that kind of the green to red type of move in these names. We'll see. There's a lot on the tape. And more that can happen, right? 10 a.m., we have some more numbers that will be coming in. Stay tuned for that. If you guys want to keep up with all the action, you guys can come right over to live trading. That's coming up next. And smash up those likes. One thing that I clearly see is that you guys enjoy the content that we do. We have a great time here on pre-market prep. But you guys in the chat, come on, hit those likes. Show us that we are continuing to do a great job with those likes. We take a review of those likes at the end of the week. And I want to see that we're getting more likes so that to show us that we're making the show better for you guys. And if you guys have suggestions for pre-market prep or want to see something change, get better, you guys can always hit us up, shows at Benzinga.com, or just give us the feedback. I know Dennis and Joel have helped out so many, so you guys can also give feedback on that. Shows at Benzinga.com, tag Joel, tag Dennis, let them know. Let them know the feedback. Give them some love. We'll see you guys a little bit now over on live trading. And this Sunday, trading in the zone continues. Psychological advancements. If you guys want to get advanced and go ahead and catch up on trading in the zone, master the market and confidence, discipline, a winning attitude. We'll see you guys 6 p.m. Eastern Sunday night for the book club. And now, it's time to get you guys over to live trading. Let's see what we can do today. 420 on the likes, man. It should be 4,020, but we'll just keep going. I'll see you guys in a little bit on live trading. Don't go anywhere. Let's see what we can do today in the markets.